Last May 24th, an 18-year-old shot his grandmother and then walked into a grade school in Uvalde, Texas and shot 19 children and two teachers. It's very hard for us in Canada to understand the desire for so many Americans, many of them Catholic, to cling to their right to bear arms. Yes, it's not guns who kill people, people kill people, and we need to address the reasons why some young people end up making these violent choices. But in the meantime, limiting their access to weapons has to be a good thing. Still, in Texas, just a year ago, a bill that allows people without a license or training to carry handguns was signed into law. Why is that necessary? Apparently, in the United States, there are more firearms than people. In Canada, if I wanted to get a gun, honestly, I don't know where I would go to get one. In the United States, I can just go to Walmart. 45,000 Americans died from gun violence in 2020. In Canada, it was just under 300. What can be done? This is what will happen. We will all lament and send prayers for the victims. We will complain about how we need gun control and nothing will happen. Kids will go to school tomorrow. They will learn how to behave during a school attack and nothing will happen. A year from now, there will be another school shooting. And yes, we must pray. And yes, we must find a way to help young people find direction and hope. But we must also limit access to guns. These nine-year-old children were not sacrificed so that we can enjoy our right to bear arms. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and sitting here with me is Danny Torquia. Danny, it's good to hey. good to have you with us today. Welcome back. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. It's a joy, it's a joy to be with you. Are you uh, already getting ready for the summer? The kids are already counting the days until the end of school. Yeah, well, we're, we're it means we're a little bit more busy, but we still have to hold on to those moments of meditation, contemplation, <laughs> family time. But yeah, it, it is pretty busy around here and hot. But, no, that's good. And the weather's nicer, so you can have some of those moments of meditation and contemplation outdoors. Yeah, with the sound of the birds and, 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 the, and the breeze. Yes, absolutely. I spent a lot of time uh, outside with the birds. Um, yes. uh, Danny, today Jillian is going to be with us. Uh, she's coming back to tell us what she learned from her kids this month and uh it's something to do about being open to joy no matter what is happening around you and i think that you can appreciate that when you have kids oh yeah it's like chaotic sometimes well we go into uh, moments and encounters with our grudges and our yeah uh, you know, sourpuss yeah. faces and it takes a good kid to, to, to do something silly to cheer you up to remind you exactly so we'll we'll see what what jillian has to share from her kids uh in about five minutes and then uh, you'll be back to tell us uh to i guess for our next installment of consumers versus priest yeah, we're going to wrap up the year and talk about, you know, the laity, the role of ordinary Catholics, uh, okay. baptized Catholics to to minister to the world. All right. Okay. So that's in about 15 minutes. And then, Danny, I'm sure that you've heard, <laughs> I'm sure that you've heard the story of David and Goliath, right? I, oh, my goodness. I use it in PR meetings, too. Oh, you way. do? Oh, and wow. Well, that's we'll a whole talk other... about that another day. A whole other, well, you might, you might be interested in, in our conversation that we're going to have in our first, uh, in our second half hour. Um because uh, author Robert LeBlanc has just written a book called Five Smooth Stones, and it's all based on the story of David and Goliath, 
on how that story is an allegory about about teaching us how to overcome our fears. Nice. Um, well, so, there's many. Yeah. So, you know, David picked five stones to fight Goliath. And when facing our fears, we must also pick up five stones. And uh, I'm not going to tell you what they are, but Robert LeBlanc will tell us in our second half hour in about 25 minutes. So you stick around, you might uh, find find some some uh, other tools that you can use in your marketing meetings uh, when well, you're talking about David and Goliath. Um, you are so persuasive, it hurts. <laughs> All right, so that's in about, did I say 25 minutes? In about 25 minutes. Um, and then at the end of the show, we're going to be reconnecting with someone, a singer-songwriter who's been on the program many, many, many times, Chris Bray. Um, like most songwriters, Chris spend uh, a lot of the time during the pandemic writing songs and recording, and he has new uh, three new singles that he's going to tell us all about in about 45 minutes, and uh, we're also going to get to listen to them throughout the show. So that's all coming up. Remember, if you cannot listen to the whole show, be sure that uh, you go to our website, somedia.org, where you can podcast the show. You can also listen to this program as a podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. So, Danny, you ready? We're going to start with a song. All good? Let's go. All right. So here's Chris Bray with uh, his newest single, Strong. I am struggle was real and it was all around moving up moving back all i saw was all the ways that i lack and that's when your grace reminds me you already hold the victory you make me strong in my weakness i am a fighter 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 calling me higher higher
That was Chris Bray with his single, Strong. And we're going to be speaking with Chris Bray in about 40 minutes, so I hope that you can stick around for that. And now it's time for What I Learned From My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, it's good to see you. Welcome back. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing very, very well, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you learn from your kids this month. Something delicious. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I would not describe it as such. Um, I think the lesson, the overall lesson, the, the, the way to zhuzh it up, make it sound nice, the lesson is there will always be fireworks. Oh, okay. I like that. Right? Okay, so it sounds nice, but the way that we journey to that is maybe not as delightful. So um, you've had kids in kindergarten. You know they get sick all the time. Right. So Jane is our resident sickie. She just keeps bringing the germs home. And it's not COVID. It's just kindergarten. That's that's all. She comes home with a sore throat and a cough. And then she immediately shares that with Leo. And then Leo recovers and he gives that back to her. Um, and it keeps going. It's just the endless cycle of the two youngest children being sick. So this one particular episode of Jane being sick, she had a very bad cough. And I'm not sure what David and I were thinking. We certainly do not get parents of the year for this idea. But when Leo goes to sleep, he likes to have a buddy. It helps him fall asleep. It, he finds it comforting and reassuring. So usually it's the sisters that take turns lying with Leo to help him go to sleep. And that particular night, it was Jane, of all people. But a turn is a turn. And if it was her turn by Jeepers, she's going to have her turn, sick or not. So there she is, lying in bed with Leo. um, And she starts this coughing fit. And the coughing fit becomes so bad that she ends up throwing up. Oh, no. In the bed and all over her brother. (laughs) So... So David and I hear this happening. We hear this pathetic little cry, mommy, daddy, and run in to discover the scene. So we set to work. David grabs Jane and he's looking after her. I grab Leo. I'm looking after him, trying to get him all cleaned up. So for the most part, washing him off and getting him tidied again for bed. But as I'm doing this, we are in um, our bedroom, which is the front of the house, and we can hear it's we can hear this boom, 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 boom from coming outside. It's May long weekend. It's the Monday of Victoria Day and and it's fireworks. Some neighbors in our area are shooting off fireworks and we can hear this. Right. And so Leah was at first frightened and I said, oh, it's all right. It's just fireworks. It's like pretty lights in the sky. So as I'm toweling Leo off, his eyes dart to the window and he can see through the cracks in the blinds something going on and so he jumps up and runs to the window opens it up and there's this immediate <gasps> gasping this is amazing this is so beautiful mommy is this fireworks yes Leo that's what fireworks look like and he was so filled with glee like it was just this pure lovely innocence the first time he ever saw real life fireworks and so he's clapping and he throws his arms around me by this point he is clean so I'm okay that he's throwing his <laughs> arms around me and I, I was just laughing because of his pure, pure delight in what was in front of him. And then just thinking about, you know, what he had just gone through, this whole misery of standing there with someone else's vomit upon him, to two minutes later when he's clapping with glee and he just can't get over what he is beholding for the first time ever. And 
I realized I'm not like him. I can easily get stuck and stay in my messiness. You know, not that anyone, I mean, I have been thrown up on, I'm a mom, so it has happened, but not that literal experience. I just mean when there's something that's upsetting me, when I'm angry about something, when I feel like somebody has done something to me, I have to sit and stick in that for a while. Not because anybody's asking me to, but, but that's just because, I don't know, because of my sinfulness and because of who I am and my personality, I feel like I have to hold on to that. And if there is something that comes along, if there are those fireworks that will, there will inevitably be, I feel like, you know, that is nice, but I can't really enjoy it right now because I'm still mad about whatever mm. happened before this, this X, Y, Z situation that's still upsetting me. So I can't enjoy whatever this lovely, beautiful thing is in front of me. But watching Leo's pure delight <clears throat> made me realize, you know, there will always be fireworks. And what is the thing that I'm going to allow to pull me out of it? And I, I know last month I was talking to you about Jane, who she tells me that she's mad for no reason. And so my lesson there was like, feel yeah. your feelings. So I was wondering, you know, this idea of there will always be fireworks. Am I contradicting myself? But I don't think so. I think it is actually the next step, you know feel your feelings, but then allow yourself to be drawn out of them. What is the thing that's going to help you recover and move forward? Um, and for, for Leo in this particular moment, it was the fireworks and there was nothing that could prevent him from just being gleeful. And I know in our family, we tend to the Eeyore side of life. Yeah. We can be kind of glum and you know, that pessimistic view. Maybe it's our farmer Saskatchewan roots. Like <laughs> farmers are pessimistic. <laughs> and so that is the environment in which I was raised yeah, in. Therefore, that reason. is also who I can be. Um, and I was thinking, you know, this I, the whole idea of, you know, the, appreciating the fireworks. There will always be those fireworks. That's the thing that's going to be the, the beauty that's going to draw you out of that anger. That's a joyful way of living. And I think that is, it's something that we really, as a family and as individuals in this family, we need to work on is just embracing that joyful way of living mm -hmm. for all sorts of reasons for our own, you know, for our own sanity, but then also for what it represents to other people that they can see a joy or something different in us. You know, you know, we hear the gospel reading of the great commission and go therefore and make disciples. Well, not all of us are called to, you know, necessarily speak the words and, and I don't know, convert through preaching, but I can be an example. I can be joyful. I can, you know, experience and love and delight in the fireworks in life. And that might make a difference to somebody that might be my go therefore, and, and what's going to change somebody's mm -hmm. heart. Mm -hmm. So it's not just um, feel your feelings and then move on for the sake of yourself. It's feel your feelings, move on, enjoy the fireworks because this is what's going to draw people in. So Maybe it's not that big of a responsibility. Maybe it doesn't need to be that big, be that grand. But if we look at that overall picture of who we are and the overall, you know, this is the purpose of our life and this is who God calls us to be, then go for it. Embrace the fireworks, love the fireworks and just share those with other people. Yes, beautiful. And I, I, I love that. It, there's a little bit of that that means being able to live in the present. And that's a quality mm -hmm. that children have that we lose. But there's also what you're saying is be be open to those moments of opportunities for joy, despite everything else that might be happening. And so to have a a, a fine tuned eye and ear and heart to those moments of joy, I think it's so important. Um, thank you, Leo, for that lesson. <laughs>
well, it took a while to get there. Like he had to endure some pretty gross stuff. That's but he got right. there. You always keep some yeah. fireworks in the cupboard just in case when you need them. <laughs> um, thank you, Jillian. Enjoy the summer. And, thank uh, you very much. And well, uh, we'll see you in the fall. Well, I will collect all the lessons in the meantime. We look forward to that. Jillian Cantor, always learning something from her kids. She's the wife of David, the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, Jane, and Leo. Hey, I'm Kathleen. And I'm Jesse, and we are found together. And you're listening to The Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. If you missed any part of this program or to listen to any interview again, go to slmedia.org podcast. All our programs are archived there. And now it's time for Consumers versus Priests with Danny Torquia, who's been sitting here patiently waiting. Yes, enjoying the show. Us, telling us about the renewal. So the, the role, the role of the laity. Well, yeah, I, th- I mean, there's obviously uh, so much content written about the role of laity, but since we are talking about helping our people, our neighbors, our families move away from being sucked into consumerism or materialism and moving towards being part of the priesthood of the baptized. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what we do with that. How do we help the world? Uh, and I know the word minister is reserved for ordained p- people or consecrated people, but we've got a job to do, a mission to do. So let's go out and, and now do it, not just learn about the faith, not just live in peace, which is great, and, and prayer and meditation we talked about earlier. But now what are we going to do about it? Okay, so this is good. I'm just going to jump in because this weekend, so it's Pentecost weekend, and I was just thinking last week as I was sitting at a confirmation of all places because they're receiving the Holy Spirit, and I thought, you know, most laity are content with just being disciples, and you're disciples, disciples all your life, but we've all received the Holy Spirit, and what happens when you receive the Holy Spirit? You become an apostle. So that's what you're talking about, right? That we, we should, as laity, we become part of that mission that we're out there, not just letting the priests and the clergy do all the ministering. Right. Right. And, and exactly. And even, even when we're, I mean, we, we have to be a little bit radical and I I use the word radical in terms of love, loving radically um, and, and, and going to the peripheries, which is ministering like a field hospital and, and especially with our world and our communities being so broken it, that, that if we don't ratchet up our ministry in the streets and the communities out there, um, starting with our homes, of course, th- then, then consumeristic, consumeristic forces um, will, will, will continue to grow. And then we have individuals who lose hope, who, who pull a Judas on us and lose hope and, and lose it all and give in to despair. Yeah. And, and I, there must be lots of saints that are good role models for us in that sense? Or do you find that laity laity have a hard time finding good role models with our saints? Well, I think with my children, we talk a lot about blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati. Oh, yeah. You know, and we we talk, of course, about, um, I mean, we talk about so many, I think there's no shortage of saints. The the, the uh, 14-year-old young boy, Jose uh, del Rio from Mexico. Sanchez del Rio, yeah. Yeah, from the Cristiadas in Mexico, uh, who shows such courage. Uh, there, there's no shortage of, of, of examples of, of men and women, you know, ordained or not, that give it all to their neighbors, but it, driven by the Lord. 
and I, and I think of, um, you know, if you look at the tragedies that we talk about a broken society, but the, the, the tragedy uh, that happened in Uvalde, uh, Texas, just mm-hmm. reminds us that it should remind us that we can go and help a neighbor and give love and to cut this, this circuit, this negative circuitry of, of despair, of isolation, of hopelessness. You know, it, it's not going to take a priest or someone else to, to contribute uh, upstream when it counts, when you can make a difference. It's in that smile uh, that you give. It's in that hello, that helping someone. And, and we can't do it if we're consuming content from our iPhones or stuck with, right. uh, with certain uh, marketing pop music in our ears. We've got to let go of that and connect with our neighbors at all costs. Okay. Well, that you just kind of really hit home for me because that's a really, well, it's a really real life experience that I think we all connected with, but also yeah. a real practical way of of being, I think that we've been sort of struggling listening to this segment. Like, what does it mean to be a priest? I yeah. get what it means to not be a consumer, but I think you just nailed it, Danny. I think. Well, the thing, the thing is, is that, that we need priests who are missionaries. Um, and, and if not, the consumer driving elements of the world are going to just grow in it. And it leads to what we see, brokenness and, and violence and all the vices and the deadly sins. And if you, what, we just had a beautiful beatification in Lyon, France, of Pauline Jaricot, oh, yeah, yes, who founded the um, Pontifical Mission Society and the uh, propagation of the faith, yeah. um, with, with which she was a lay young lady uh, who just wanted to raise money and help uh, fund missions at Gentis around the world, and and so we we have a long history in the, in the church of. Uh, people who are not um, in places of power and behind a pulpit, but but they go and they give us the example of how to be a missionary today in your own family or circles. It's it's yeah. urgent. The need is urgent. And and her example, you know what? I would have never thought of her, and I know about her obviously because of Pontifical Mission Societies, Pauline Jaricot. All she did was raise money. Like it's not like she went out to the missions or she didn't. Right. You know, I'm sure she was a lovely lady, but and she was probably doing a lot of just fundraising, right? And you know, yeah, these- well, f- fundraising and raising the collective awareness of her uh, people, her contemporaries, to talk about 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 supporting the missions and evangelization abroad. But the reality is that there is such a thing as spirituality of fundraising. There's, in fact, today oh, yeah. more than ever, Deacon, uh, a yep. lot of our people can can mainly contribute with their funding yes and that's you shouldn't be embarrassed about that if you have a lot of uh success in work if you've given most of your your time to work there's many of us who've done that try to find a way to give that and it'll lead your soul to a a sense of um, lightness and joy that is priceless yeah okay so then two really practical (laughs) suggestions today for how to be less consumers and more priests is be a smile, take the earbuds out of your ears and, uh, and, and give some of your, your money. If you have some. Yes. And Practical. Salt and Light is a, is a registered charity too, uh, just like <laughs> Pontifical Missions. So there's lots of good charities out there to, you know, to, there you you know, go. Thank, thanks yeah. for the plug. Salt, slmedia.org slash donate, I think is the link. Um, if people want to support it and then yes, Pontifical Mission Societies, uh, I think a lot of us might be supporting them without even knowing because of the, right. the yearly donations that in, in the parishes. Danny, thank you so much. Um, this has been a really interesting series this year, consumers to priests. And I hope it's been helpful for people as they, it's hard to see ourselves as what it means to be sort of that, that priesthood of the laity, the priest, the, the baptized priesthood. Um, right. But I think we understand what it means to be less consumers. 
Well, and, yeah. So, so this has been really helpful, at least for me. I hope it has been for our listeners. Well, and even though we want to encourage everyone to be priests in their life and prophets and kings, we also want to pray for you know ordained priests and that vocation. So, yes, that's true. To from. And and deacons, don't don't forget to pray for your deacons. You're right. <laughs> All right, Danny. Uh, have a great summer with your kids and your family, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you in the fall. Sounds great. Thanks, Deacon Pedro. Danny Torquia is the managing director of Torquia Communications. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Torquia, and you can learn more at dialogueandgrace.com. Coming up in our second half hour, five smooth stones to help us overcome our fears and a featured chat with singer-songwriter Chris Bray. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm sure that you're all familiar with the story of David and Goliath, the young Israelite, a ruddy shepherd boy who stands up to the Philistine giant Goliath, when no one, not even the bravest soldiers in the Israelite army, dared to do so. And we know the ending. With one stone, David falls the giant and then cuts off his head. But what does that story have to do with you and me and our everyday life? In his book, Five Smooth Stones, author Robert LeBlanc suggests that it is an allegory to help us face our fears. Just how David picks up five stones to fight the giant, we too need five stones to help us overcome our fears. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by Robert LeBlanc. Robert, welcome to the Sultanite Hour. Thank you very much for inviting me, Deacon Pedro. So... If I don't know if this is where we should start, but I really, it's like, can you tell us what the, if you tell us what the five smooth stones stand for or what they are, are we spoiling, are you spoiling the book for us? No, it's not spoiling the book at all. And if you wanted to start with, you know, the, the, the five smooth stones, because uh, there are different authors that have selected different stones. So these are the ones that, that came to me uh, when I was looking at this uh, and the five smooth stones that build one upon the other. So start with humility, mm -hmm. and then on top of humility, wisdom, and then from wisdom, virtue, from there to courage, and then the grace of God. And okay. I would say that the grace of God is the stone that gives the coup de grace, okay. if you want. Yes, right? the big one. Um, okay, so, and, and I want to get to some of them uh, in a little bit. So humility, wisdom, virtue, courage, and the grace of God. Um, so that's what the stones represent. What does Goliath represent? Goliath represents our fears in the world today. Right? And when I was first writing the book, and I, I had kind of the, the skeleton of it together from doing a retreat based on this before, but when I was writing the book, I always find it's amazing how God writes with crooked lines because mm -hmm. it was in the spring of 2020 when I had the time to, to sit down and write this, the world had shut down. Uh, as an educator, schools had shut down and we were kind of figuring things out uh, how, how that would happen. So I had this time on my hands. So I, I said, I'm going to sit down and, and put this together. Uh, got the first draft done by about June of 2020. And I handed it to my wife to, to go through because she's my first uh, proofreader. Yeah. Uh, 
And she says, this is what the world needs now. Because if we think back to two years ago, June 2020, the beginning of the pandemic, uh, a lot of social unrest going on in the world, that there was a lot of palpable fear in the world. And so in my mind, Goliath represents our fears. And when we go back to this story, Goliath is huge. Like we, we say he's a giant, but we really don't fully understand how big Goliath was, right? Uh, at six cubits in a span. And for myself, not really knowing biblical measurements, I had to go look yeah. up. But yeah, it's yeah. six cubits in a span. Nine foot six. Wow. Nine foot six. And again, in the book, I had to put that in perspective because nine foot six doesn't really mean a whole lot to us. But if you look at the average NBA player, is about six foot seven. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal came in at seven foot one. Uh, the world's tallest man, according to Guinness Book of World Records, was eight foot one or eight foot two. And so here we have Goliath coming in at nine foot six. Plus, he would have been wearing a helmet with some plumage on top. Yeah. He, he was just a, a big, scary dude. And in a lot of ways, our fears are like that as well. And David, would have been about five foot four. Right, right. And, and, and I think I, I get the sense that sometimes our fears, I mean, they seem big and they maybe are big, but they're actually, maybe we make them look bigger than what they actually are. You know, um, that maybe, 100%. maybe people saw Goliath as being bigger and, and scarier than he really was. And, and maybe he tried to make himself feel bigger. Um, can you give us, can you maybe pick one of the stones, maybe, um, I mean, whichever one you want, humility or, or whichever, and, and use that as an example as to how one of these stones can actually help us in overcoming our fears? So yeah, we'll, we'll start at the beginning with humility. And uh, like you say, our fears can seem overwhelming, the same way that Goliath seemed overwhelming. Mm. And uh, Mark Hart, yeah. uh, who's a, a speaker... Uh, down in the States, has this great line where he says, don't tell God how big your fears are. Don't tell God how big your problems are. Tell yeah. your problems how big your, yeah. <laughs> how big your God is, how big yeah. God is. Yes. Uh, and I think because in society now, we just have this, we have control issues. Everyone wants to control everything that's going on around them. Uh, a lot of times I say, it's almost like we have a God complex. Mm-hmm. And we want to fix everything. We want to be in control of everything. And we need to remember that God is God and I am not. Right. right? That, that, that sense of humility, God is God and I am not. And we need to, to let go and let God. Mm -hmm. And, and it's it. so very important for us to have that humility. Uh, and then my, my phone goes off every day at, at three o'clock in the afternoon for the, the hour of divine mercy. I'm usually in the classroom, so I'd just say a very quick, Jesus, I trust in you. Mm -hmm. And putting that trust in Jesus. And again, coming back to my wife in her infinite wisdom the one time, she said, you know, we're called to put our fears at the foot of Christ. We're called to bring our fears to the cross. Yeah. And we say, Jesus, I trust in you. But then we don't show it. Mm -hmm. We don't act it out. We don't truly trust him. So again, that, that humility is the foundation of everything. Yeah. Okay. I get it. And that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so, so basically acknowledging that God is God and we are not, um, 
every chapter, so you have one chapter, obviously f there's a few chapters before you start with the stones and then there's a chapter for each of the five stones. And every chapter ends with points to ponder. So you have some questions, I guess, for, for further discussion or conversation. Is it your hope that the book can be used as a, in a study group session or in a classroom or as a retreat? All of the above. <laughs> all of the, all, Good all answer. Of the above. <laughs> uh, and the, the points to ponder are there. They can be used as discussion questions in a small or large group, but some of them can also then become personal. Personal reflection, yeah. And, and where you say at the, the end of, of humility, and I don't have it open to the page in front of me, but because, you know, when has there been a moment where you didn't let God be God. Well, not everyone's going to be comfortable sharing that kind of thing in a, right. in, in a retreat set session. Or in the, the chapter on virtue, where you know, we start with the quote from St. Augustine, there's no virtue without temptation. And we yeah. look at virtues and the corresponding temptations, the corresponding vices. And I remember the first time I did this as a retreat and I was going through those and the vices and someone says, well, why are you looking directly at me when you're mentioning gluttony? <laughs> when you're mentioning lust yeah right and it's like well no i'm not asking you to to share your examination of conscience here so they they really are meant for some introspection personal yeah okay yeah i i i get that and i think that that that's one of the reasons why it's really useful so just a basic question like what are the goliaths in your life is, is a good good question for reflection um robert you're a high school teacher just quickly is it is it, i mean this book is for everyone is it your hope that this book is more for young people for for your students or is it for adults who's this book for i would say it's more geared towards adults yeah when i was writing i, I had more of adults in mind i do know of some people who homeschool their teenage children okay. that have used it okay there as well um so it depends on the maturity level of, of the student, the, the mm -hmm. maturity level of the person um, in a lot of ways. But you know what? Working with teenagers, I think you'd be surprised at the maturity level of our teenagers and what they can handle and what they are looking to discuss. Yeah, that's true. There is that thirst for the truth. Yeah, and you do start the book off by by sharing how you tell the story to your students and, and what kind of questions they you pose to them and how they respond. So that, so that I do think that if there are any teachers that are listening, that this could be an interesting uh, 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 tool that you can use in the classroom as you talk about something that's very real, especially for high school students nowadays, which is is fear. Robert, we have to leave it there, but thank you so much for for writing the book. I'm glad that that uh, uh, we were able to get you on the show, and uh, I look forward to more more writings from you. Thank you very much. It was such a pleasure to be here. Um, again, thank you for the invitation. And yes, there is stuff in the works. So Good. God willing, we'll be able to get that done Good. as well. Good. Looking forward to that. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you. God bless. Robert LeBlanc is a teacher and he's the co-host of the Pints and Pews podcast. He's the author of Five Smooth Stones, published by Justin Press. You can find out more at his website, catholicmoment.ca. If you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to the rest of the show, go to our website, esselmedia.org slash podcast. And here now is our featured artist of the week, Chris Bray, with his new single, More Like You. 
wanna know your heart, wanna feel, wanna feel its beat, wanna be so close to you that you are surrounding me. I wanna know, wanna know your peace, wanna feel, wanna feel it flow, wanna be that stone you cast to spread a thousand ripples. Where you move, feel what you feel with everything inside of me. I know your love is real. Wanna see what you see and love like you do. Oh, Jesus, take every part of me so I can be more like. Wanna speak your truth Wanna let your word echo From your lips into the world Wanna where you move Feel what you feel With everything inside of me I know your love is real Wanna see what you see And love like you do Oh, Jesus, take every part of me So I can be more like With everything inside of me, I know your love is real. Wonder where you move, feel what you feel. With everything inside of me, I know your love is real. Wanna see what you see, and love like you do. Oh, Jesus, take every part of me, so I can be more like That was Chris Bray with his single, More Like You. Now, Chris Bray has been on this program probably more than any other Canadian artist. We last spoke to Chris in October 2020 and learned a little bit about how he was doing at the beginning of the pandemic and about his two web series, All That Catholic Stuff and Living the Way. Since then, Chris has been doing some writing and recording, and we've been listening to some of those recordings. And so to tell us more and to see how he's doing, we're now joined by Chris Bray. Chris, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be back. Yeah, and it's it's weird, Dave. Eh? So 20, October 2020, it seems like it was a long time ago, but that's just really just about a year and a half ago. Uh, it was that's just like bad. a few, few months ago, just wasn't a few it? Months, I mean, <laughs> it's like the, the last two years have been a blur, really. Yeah, How? it's true. Uh, how was last year for you? Are you are you when did you start doing uh shows again? Uh last year. Last yeah. year was weird. It was an awkward year. Um like now I feel like we're kind of in a place where things are pretty much open. Churches yeah. are starting to get in back into the regular routines of things and events and stuff. But last year was weird because it was sort of like a hurry up and wait sort of a yeah. year. You know, it was kind of like, well. We might be able to do this event, so let's hopefully we could plan it, and then maybe we won't be in lockdown or something. You know what I mean? It was yeah, just exactly, kind of strange. exactly, yeah. And um, 
some churches weren't didn't have the ability to to be able to host anything and uh and other churches did and with catholic schools as well some schools weren't really open to have people gather uh and so it was just weird it was and it's a transitionary time and so still live lots of live streaming happening and pre-recorded video talks and stuff like that but but man i love being in 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 person with people real events there's just i know i'm thankful i'm thankful for live stream the technology but it's there's not just the nothing there's no, no comparison no, you know and no. so i've i've just been loving this uh this recent season but do you I've been able i mean yeah and i get it and a lot of people i'm like you and a, a lot of other people have said that to me that there's nothing like being in with with a real you know in a real live event with a real audience um or in a with a real group of young people or something um but you, do, how much time do you spend when you're writing music? I don't think you and I have ever spoken about kind of like what, what your process is about writing. And and I know that last year and the year before were, it was just a good time for people to be creative. Um, mm-hmm. So what was that the same experience for you? Well, I think it was for me, I don't know what other people's experience has been, but for me, it was a bit difficult mm-hmm. uh, because what, what I draw inspiration from and when inspiration usually comes is like when I'm out and meeting people and hearing stories oh, yeah. and, get, okay. and doing things and it spurs thoughts and like yeah. reflections or, you know what I mean? And so when you're just sitting at home every day, um, you, you don't have the same kind of opportunity. Um, okay. That's and so, so okay. For, you know, so that for me, that was, it was a bit difficult. Like actually, so you're not, so you're not like, I mean, I'm not going to say that you're not praying, but so you, so a lot of your inspiration doesn't come from, you know, some people like journal and they pray and they read a scripture passage and it inspires them. That's not you. Uh, I would say that. So the initial inspiration um, doesn't usually come from a time of prayer. What, what it comes from is like, I'm driving in the car and I'll have a thought in my mind or I'll be, I've had a conversation with one of my kids or like, I'll hear a story or testimony from a friend or something like that. And that will spur an idea. And then what I do is I usually take that idea or that thought into prayer and try and right. develop it and reflect on it and, and, you know, see if it, it, it t- turns from a seed form into something bigger. Um, and then, and that's where the craft, you know, the discipline of the craft comes in, right. Where you have to just yeah. be intentional with scheduling. If I don't schedule writing in my calendar, it just doesn't happen. Right. Um, yeah, well. Cause it's usually, there's so much, like a thousand other things I have to do and writing is, um, it's, I love doing it, but I just, it just never seems to happen on its own. Yeah, and so yeah. then the discipline of just like, well, how do we develop this into a song, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and that's the process of it. Yeah. And so okay. for me, for me, like last year was maybe, uh, it was a difficult, it was, I had the opportunity to write lots, but it was a difficult time to feel that inspiration. And so it just kind of made it more difficult, I, I guess. In, so, in a sense so the three songs we've heard two of them strong and more mm. like you and we're going to end the show with what can he do did, did they were they inspired then by stuff that was happening with your family or where you were in your heart yeah yeah uh, well all, all of them come from just you know real life experience my own journey right and and so you know, like, like the song um, Strong, for example, you know, it's it's my newest release. Mm-hmm. And and it just like that passage in, in scripture, right? And in, in where like, you know, we in, it's through your weakness that my strength will be made known. Mm-hmm. And that whole concept of like, God can even use our weakness and our brokenness to demonstrate his power and his ability. And just like sort of the relief of that, like, even mm-hmm. though we might feel like we're just being like totally like just conquered and and totally just beaten down. Like when, but if we still have our heart oriented towards God is like, you know what, he can still use that. 
all of the perceived failures and our perceived inadequacies and our weaknesses, he can turn those and, and show and demonstrate his greatness and his power and his glory through all that. Mm. And so there's kind of a relief, right, in, in recognizing that, um, that his grace is sufficient. And, uh, and uh, we, just, we just need to trust in that uh, and rely on him and lean in him. And so, you know, all, the, all these songs, they yeah. sort of come from those, those moments it, in life. Yeah. And that, that's a good, just that one is a good example of a good lesson from last, the last two years. I mean, I think a lot yeah. of us had to, had to come to realize that pff, God's in control. Um, and, and, yeah. uh, I, I don't need to be, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's, it's the new thing where artists are releasing singles and not necessarily working on albums. Are, is it your hope that these songs and maybe others will end up in an album or is that a thing of the past for you? I don't, honestly, I don't know because the industry is changing. It was changing five years ago and it's still changing today. And um, the way that we consume music um, yeah. nowadays, most people, it's not albums, it's singles, it's whatever's on the playlist. And yep. uh, I'm guilty of that too. Like very rarely will I sit and just listen to a whole album um, and the other reality too, is most of, uh, most of the albums that I, I move are, are sell are from events in person, mm -hmm. you know, not a whole lot of people are buying, uh, physical copies of CDs anymore, uh, through the internet, uh, and with all the streaming services we have and all that sort of thing. Right. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to be responsible and, and like, I want to be able to put out as much music as I can. And I also want to be able to deliver it in a way that people are going to find it and mm -hmm. benefit from it the most. Uh, and so I do hope that I can put all these singles onto an album at some point. I just don't know when that'll be, um, to be honest. And yeah, and, and you're right. It might not be necessary. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's true. And and you're right. I mean, people know where to find the music. It's 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 streaming everywhere. And, and you're mm -hmm. also very good at putting out videos. Did you have videos for all three of songs already? Yeah. Your yeah, videos are really good. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm a cartoon in one of them. So there's that. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Okay. I look forward to that. So yeah. And, and uh, we'll, yeah. we'll let people know where they can find I me. And I guess at your website or through, through your social media, they can find these. You have a YouTube channel as well. Um, yeah. um, I, I, I kind of don't want to let, I mean, I, I don't want to let you go. We, we were talking before the show about World Youth Day and the anniversary and and, and earlier in the program, I was speaking with Jillian Cantor, who does our parenting segment. And before I recorded with her, we were also talking about World Youth Day. Um, you were there 20 years ago as a teenager. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Look at you now, all grown up. An evangelizer. <laughs> did, that, did that experience have any, have any impact in kind of where you've ended up in your life? Yeah, I think. I can't say that that experience alone was, was one of those moments that was just transformational in my life. I, I think it was one of many Yeah. Uh, because I was, I was in a, in a season of my life where I was just trying to figure out the whole God thing, trying to wrestle with faith in my own life and making it my own. Um, and, but I can tell you that just being surrounded by a million other Catholics and witnessing that um, like it's moving, you know, being on your knees in a field in the mud, uh, <laughs> during adoration and with the Pope there. And it's just like, like the, you, you know, you, you're moved by that. You're shaped by that. And God works through all of those things. And so it definitely, it definitely did something in my life. I, I remember I didn't walk away from that chain, you know, completely like I'm, you know, whatever, all the cinema, I still struggle with all kinds of stuff. Right. But I, I do yeah. know that, that, that was one of many moments in my life where, uh, like I 
man, I experienced God and, and that was just uh, another step along the journey and, and uh, what a profound one too, you know? So Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot yeah. of people will agree with you on that, not just on that particular World Youth Day Toronto 2002, but other, other World Youth Days. All right, good. I'm glad to hear that there's more music coming down the pipes and that we might end up with an album, maybe not, but it doesn't matter because as long as there's music and we can hear it, doesn't really yeah. matter. I'm well, still old school. I'm still buying CDs just so that you No, know. that's good. We need people like you to support <laughs> us. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, the, the one thing that um, that I've come to realize by releasing just singles is that um, when you release them as an album, you almost, you don't do all of the songs justice because oh, okay. every song has a story and it has a journey behind it. It's got like, Interesting. you know, and, and, when you release them all at once, it's kind of like, well, here they are, you know, I hope you enjoy. Uh, but when you get the, when you get the opportunity to like give the attention that's due to each song and to explain it and what inspired it, it just, I find, I, I don't know, at least for me, like I so, I love hearing the backstory and I want to hear the acoustic version and I want to hear them talking about when they were inspired by it. Like, yeah. I, I fall in love with a song so much more when I have the opportunity to do that in a way that if I just hear right. um, some other artist, you know, yeah. Fallon or Matt Marr or somebody, I, I maybe wouldn't like think as highly of the song or be moved by it. Yeah. So there's that. No, that's a good point. Thank you. So, mm -hmm. and, and I'm sure people can get all that information at your website um, if they want to know the backstories of all the songs and watch the videos. Chris, uh, we're going to leave it there, but thank you. It's so good to see you and, and, and reconnect. And uh, I, I know I'm going to see you again. So till then, uh, enjoy, enjoy the summer and, and we'll be in touch. Okay. God bless. Uh, yeah. God bless you. Thank you. You can learn more about Chris Bray, purchase his music, book him for your next event, find out all the backstories to all the songs at his website, chrisbraymusic.com. And of course, you can find him on all streaming and social media platforms. If you missed any part of this interview, head on over to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. All our programs are archived there. And here now to take us out is Chris Bray with his single, What Can He Do?
We're listening to Chris Bray with his new single, What Can He Do? And that will take us to the end of our program. Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at slmedia.org. Just look for our podcasts. You can also find the Salt and Light Hour Catholic Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Deacon Pedro. You can also email me, pedro at slmedia.org. In the next couple weeks, we'll be remembering some of our previous episodes, as well as bringing you some more of our new mini-series, Indigenous Voices, and gearing up for the Pope's visit to Canada in July and the 20th anniversary of World Youth Day 2002. So, lots going on. Be sure to tune in to Salt and Light Media on TV and Salt and Light Plus to follow all the events of the Pope's trip to Canada. That's slmedia.org. And remember, as always, stay safe, continue praying for each other, continue to pray for peace in Ukraine, and may you have a blessed summer. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. Stand.